0: Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want.
1: We are glad you are back for this next episode. Keep singing, brothers. Next episode of the No More Leadership BS podcast. We are glad you are here. And today we are going to talk about coulda, shoulda, woulda. Maybe we'll only pick out two of those, the could and the should. We had a conversation the other day about we could have done something else. And in fact, I think it was after the UCLA-Gonzaga NCAA tournament game where UCLA could have won the game, but they didn't. And I think it was Myra Hall that said they could have won the game if they'd have made different decisions. And that got us talking about what's the difference between this could mentality and the should mentality. And as a leader, if you say, I could have done something, that's talking about something that can happen or could happen, right? It doesn't necessarily have any power in it. But when you talk about, I should have done this, we should is used more to talk about, something that ought to happen or something that must happen. And then you just put action in. So let's get going. Conroy, what should we talk about today? What should we talk about? Yeah. I would love to.
0: I love when, I, when I'm busy doing something else and he notices and he calls me out. I think we should be talking about the Gonzaga
1: victory over UCLA. But <laughs> Okay. But that's it. But so the, I've had numerous times, if something didn't go right as a leader, and when something's not going right for you as a leader, and we typically try to think about or a postulate, what could I have done different? And some of that is is good thinking, right? To ponder, what could I have done different? So it is, and that that thought is about something that could have happened or something that can happen. But when you've already done something and you're analyzing the results of it, talking about what we should have done, in other words, what change can you make? What change should you have made or what change ought you have made to get a different result is oftentimes more more beneficial. I,
2: I, I, I just so completely disagree with you, Jeff, respectfully. Respectfully, I disagree with that. I have a personal vendetta against the word should. Um, now, yeah, in, okay, we do have moral standards that, that we ascribe to, that we choose to live by. That fact, you don't want to steal somebody. You should not have pulled that trigger. That's absolutely fine. But should lives in the past. Could lives in the future. Whenever you're saying should, you're looking back at something that didn't happen. Okay, and it's almost a victim mentality because it's should means unless it's a moral that you're holding, if it's somebody else's rules, then you're saying I should have done what they said or I should have done what was expected out of me. I think should is brings it speaks blame and shame into your life and could gives you a choice. And you can look. And lack of ownership, exactly. But could is means that you have a choice, and it also speaks power into your life. It gives you back the power over your life. So that's my rant.
1: Oh, that, and you have been very respectful. Thank you. And you just said uh, you were dumb. I didn't think respectfully. Like. She <laughs> respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> so that's you. what I read between the lines. It brings up the point, I think, Dr. Sam, that both could and should can be rearward or historic-focused, yesterday-focused. They can also be future-focused, like, we should go to Las Vegas.
3: That's not bad. It depends on your intent when you get there. The rear-view mirror with a should and could can hold good value in terms of reflection. It starts becoming problematic when it becomes living in that past. So I, I remember go. very clearly a time I was... As you say, Mr. Gar shooting on myself regarding student interaction I had. So I'm talking to my colleague and I said, I told him what happened and so forth. and said, well, I should have done X, Y, and Z. And he just stopped and stared at me and said, do you even know the outcome that you achieved with the process you used? Yeah, we worked. We got there, but I should have done this, because He no, just stop. You got to where you need to be. Now, if you think you can do better next time, that's fine. But don't say you should have done something different because you did the job. You got there. And so I use that as a reflection point to say, there's long room for improvement, but that doesn't mean it wasn't good, or at least enough, right? As you say, going to the future. Yeah, we should go. We could go, should, could do lots of things. Our gym membership just hanging out there in future, waiting for me to grab a hold of it and go do it. There it is in the should land In you know, things I could do when we I decide we're going to, side. I could do sit ups. Yeah, exactly. But I can't <laughs> do sit ups. See, there's a difference in that one. So it's, yeah,
2: it could. Isn't good about making a choice? Yes. When it
3: becomes it's, must or will, comes action. When it's put or should, it's just a cute idea.
2: Well, but like it's a that. choice. Oh, I like that.
0: I like that. Cute idea. But
3: you're right. It it's is, a
2: choice. But it opens up options. Yeah. Should is in a box. Yeah. Because it's the pre-written rules. Yeah. And, and now pre-written rules aren't always bad. We have society rules that we live by just to so, live. But so, go ahead. In general, when we should on ourselves, we shame ourselves. I like in your example, that wasn't good enough. I should have done. And if you said I could have done, that's a reflection of what you did and different choices you can make in the future to make it better. Just saying.
0: So, so oh, I spent sorry. my whole, I spent my whole career saying, but the world's full of shoulda, wouldas and couldas. And a, a, years ago, I read a book and I learned about the OODA wheel or the OODA loop, which oh, is O-D-A.
4: Yeah. OODA. Oriented side act.
0: And I just keep saying you, g- you got to keep your OODA in it. You got to oot it because it's, yeah, observe what's going on, figure out how to fix it, make the choice to do it and go. And then it's just a constant loop. You're constantly fixing stuff. That for me personally in my career took care of the coulda, woulda, and shoulda because the world's full of the coulda, wouldas, and shouldas.
1: So the tendency then, great points. The tendency then for these words are to be history focused, rear view mirror stuff. And it seems to me that's because we put the word have. H-A-V-E, after the wood, I could have done this or I should have done that. But Geoff, remove that have word and let's make these things forward focused and moving towards action. What do you think we we can do there? Because I, I agree that the I could have done this or I should have done that is a self-deprecating history thing that you can't change yesterday. So let's understand where we are today and use these words and the mindset to move
4: forward. Go. There is some interesting science behind that, that the should have and could have in that past is a a self-reflection. So if you're using it as a reflection to look at, analyze, and decide how to do better in the future, I think that is a good motive. But you have to change the should have to what could I do in the future? So if you change that word, what can I do differently? That now you're thinking about different options. You're in the ODA loop. You're observing, orienting, deciding, and acting. So, but there is that that—that every human being, I don't care who you are, how optimistic you are, anything like that, you always have that in the back of your mind. Even when you do something good, you are still thinking, wait, how could I do it better? Like you will, as a presenter, I've done well over a thousand speeches. And every time I get off stage, even if it was spectacular, I go, "There could I could have done this better. Yep, Because we are negatively programmed to find the things that are wrong. Yes. And the hard part is not welling on them, but trying to make them better so that we can actually learn and grow, which is exactly, Myra, how we learn and grow. She just typed that in the notes. So if you're out there listening, for you right now, if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you're stuck in that negative feedback loop, you need to reach out to somebody who has an outside perspective so that they can help you to see, like Dr. Sam's friend, stop right there. You got the outcome you wanted. Excellent. If you want to do better next time, what can you do? What would be different? What words would you use? And then you are analyzing and planning for the future. You are now future-oriented versus past negative. You're future positive. And that mindset shift oftentimes takes a coach, a mentor, a leader that is willing to listen to you and go through and practice. Because if you do that, it becomes ingrained into your habits. And that is very powerful, but it takes oftentimes somebody with an outside perspective. So if you're stuck there, you need to reach out to someone. And there's five great people here that are totally willing to help you out, that would love to have you in that conversation so that they can help you to Look at what you can do in the future to raise your potential. Shameless. Yeah. Stuff. Great point. And I'm
1: coming to you again, Conroy. I, I just want to tweak that G off just a little bit. When our dear listener is, when I think you, you said when or if you get stuck there. And I don't think as a leader, it's if we get stuck there, it's going to be when. Because we're yeah. human yeah. beings and we're going to get stuck there. Conroy?
0: Exactly. No, exactly right. I'm just going to reiterate what McLaughlin said. Yeah. Ditto to that. I can't make it any better than what he said.
1: There we go. We might be done then, Myra. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <you> <laughs> know <laughs> solve the world's problem. It was Geoff's thing. This is how we learn and how we grow. Right.
0: But it is how we learn and how we grow. And we are human. I've made a career making decisions and not all have been gold nuggets. And I can't tell you how many times I've walked away going, God, I wish I would have done that better. God, I wish I would have done this. But I'll tell you what, when it comes around again, I try something different. So it's we are human and this is how we grow. We grow by trial and error.
2: Let's look at the opposite side of that though, just for a minute. Learn and grow by saying, what could I have done better? So many people, I'm not saying everybody, but so many people, I should have done this. I've beaten up on myself. How can I adjust so that I fit into the box that I'm supposed to fit into based on other people's rules? But doesn't that Um, depend on the magnitude of the issue? It, not really, not really. And it may be different in a male world than it is a female world. I don't know because of how we look for validation and that type of thing, but it's just should, I believe stops growth unless it is based in concrete values. Could. It opens up choices. If you shame yourself, which is what we're doing when we say should and blame ourselves for not doing it, it's where we live. We're going to stay stuck in the past instead of growing from it. If you just try that, if you just try next time you say should and you say, I'm cutting that out, what could I do? And it opens up, you get to make the choice. You get to be the author of your own story.
4: Yeah, That's negative to future positive. Yeah, that's the whole change. That should to could. Past negative is should. Living in blame, could, is future positive. Right. So that's that. It's a one eighty. It's literally a one hundred eighty degree shift.
2: And a lot of people will use should and not even realize they and they probably in their head mean could. But yeah. it, where the real d- danger comes in and the real harm is when we tell people you should have done it this. Way. That's 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 where the. That's where the danger comes in is when you are, it sounds berating, it sounds belittling. And most people would withdraw for that. What do I have to do to get their approval, their validation, that type of thing? And maybe some people think that doesn't belong in business. That absolutely belongs in business. It belongs in leadership. So I'll shut up now. Well, I was just
1: thinking that that definition or that approach mindset to it, Myra, it can be something as simple as straightforward as but Saturday morning and I should go mow the lawn. But I don't. And then what happens to when you make that decision compared to the mindset of I could go mow the lawn because I have time, I have the ability, I have the mower, I have all the stuff. The only thing you have to do then is put in the action. And Dr. Sam, it looks like you're thinking about something.
3: I was going down that path you just walked down, Jeff, because... You're the- going to come and mow my lawn? Yes, sir. i All not. right. Very reasonable rates, minus travel. I cost you. The, uh, the should I should do... As you're listening to this, and if you're currently driving, working out, or whatever you're doing, think about something you should do the next day you go to work. Think about that just for a moment. Think about that thing. Or also think about how much do you really want. Most things we think we should do or think we don't want to do at all. I should, but blah blah blah. Here's 15,000 reasons why I won't, but blah blah blah. Yeah. Because I don't want to. And so here's what gets prioritized instead. And where it shows up in work, I should communicate better. When you say you should communicate better, you're probably saying to yourself, I'm communicating just fine. Those people have the problem. I don't want to change what I'm doing, but here I am. I should do something different. So when you think about those shoulds on your to-do list, why is it a should? Examine that. Why is this something you don't really care to do? And what can you do to make it less painful to get it done? That's chances are decent. Those things aren't going away, so you can put them in the should pile and move them to the do pile and start taking action on those things you don't really want to do that badly because they have to get done. I think most of the reason is because I just didn't want to.
4: Yeah. yeah. My wife says, which isn't that's bad. Time. We'll,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. She's, we'll have those tasks. I don't want to.
4: Yeah. We have to.
2: As long as do eight. This.
4: But you don't want it. So that's what you're going to do anyway. Yeah. Well,
2: they say as long as 80% of what you do is light your fire, then get the other 20% done. Just plow through it. Make, eat your frog first thing in the morning. Is get it frog over.
4: It. First thing in the morning.
2: Have you frogs. not read
4: that book? Eat your frog. Eat that frog. Uh, eat the frog.
2: Eat that frog. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really short book. You ought to read it sometime. It takes about 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, it talks, it talks about doing the things you don't want to. Right away. Because nobody wants to eat a frog, right? Nobody wants to eat a frog. But yeah. if it's necessary to carry forward, eat it first.
4: Yeah.
3: It's,
2: then it's over with.
4: Eat the frog and then everything else at the end of the, the rest of the day, you ate the frog. Nothing else could be bad.
2: Well, and not, not only that, it's, it, it's not waiting for you to do. Mm-hmm. So it weighs on your mind all day Anticipation. long. Anticipation, yeah. Anticipation. Anxiety. And gets that. What happens, that frog turns into a bullfrog, turns into a whale, and it gets bigger and bigger. Then you have consequences that weren't there if you would have taken care of it first thing in the morning. It's a great little book. And who yeah, moved my cheese are
4: two of uh yeah, Brian Tracy, I believe, is the author on that one.
2: It is. Yeah. I just found it.
3: if you don't eat that frog first thing in the morning, Conroy really jerks a knot in your tail. I'm telling you. Yeah.
2: Totally. <laughs> Okay, you're dating me. I'm absolutely okay. Please (laughs) refer to
4: other episodes for that reference. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jerk a knot in the tail.
1: Prior episodes. So we're kind of wandering off, but I want you to catch the two things here. One of them was easy. Go get the book by Brian Tracy, uh, Eat Your Frog frog. First, or Eat That that frog. Frog. That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, and probably more important. Is the one that Dr. Sam made here just a minute or two ago, which is that if you have that thought that I should do something, or you have a list of things you should do, you should take some. Here we go. You should (laughs) take some time, right? Take that list. I'm not going to take some time. Take some time and really analyze the things on your should list. And a lot of times, like Dr. Sam's story, it's going to take a guide, a helper, a coach to ha- to go through that list to figure out what's the real deal here with the things on the on my should list. You don't want a big pile of should because it's just not going to be good. So we're going to leave it there for should this happens.
4: episode. Should happen. We should, should have happen stopped because. earlier. That's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: for this episode. So for these leadership extra ex- experts, there we go. Easy for you to say. Myra Hall, Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, Dr. Sam Jennings, and my good buddy Jeff Conroy. We are the No More Leadership BS crew, and we hope you have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody. Bye. 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 Letter bug.